0: Good enough and getting better. Welcome to the podcast where we can pursue personal growth, not because we have to in order to somehow be good enough, but because we know we already are good enough. We are each a unique and rare expression of human life with no duplicate. And from this foundation, We pursue personal growth because we know we can, and because we know we are capable of creating all kinds of different experiences in life. And we want to play with that capacity and expand our options. We make personal growth enjoyable and easy when we can approach it with joy and playful curiosity instead of lack and insecurity. So stay tuned and join me on this journey to be more rooted in our true self-worth and more empowered in our growth process. We are good enough and we are getting even better. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am Laura Lenore. If you are listening to this episode around the time this comes out, then the holidays are approaching. This is a time where we spend time with people we don't often see throughout the year in some cases. And for some people, this is wonderful. And for many other folks, this is difficult for a lot of really good reasons. After all, nobody can push our buttons as well as those folks who helped us install them there in the first place. So that's part of my inspiration for talking about Relationship Dynamics today. I want to share a framework with you, which has been helpful for me and really helpful for many of my clients as well, in that it is both compassionate and empowering at the same time. This balance can be really tricky for a lot of people because on one side, we want to have compassion for ourselves and the things we've been through. And it's easy to look at the behavior of others as a cause for pain and basically hand over our power to them, thinking things along the lines of, um, I can't be happy because of what this person has done, or I can't get what I need in this relationship because you aren't behaving the way that I want you to. On the other side of the spectrum, we have folks who take too much responsibility for every relationship as though they have to somehow make sure that someone else is not going to be angry, is not going to express criticism. So they go through life trying to moderate other people's emotions as if that's entirely within their power. And then, of course, to make things even more complicated, sometimes we think about different relationships in different ways. Maybe there are even different aspects of the same relationship, where on one hand, we assume full responsibility, or on the other hand, we give over all of our power to the other person. As with most things in life, the most effective path is actually the middle way to find a balance here in between these factors you have power in every relationship. You have choices, you have a responsibility for what you were feeding into that dynamic, and you are also not in control of everything, right? Every relationship, every interaction, every conversation is a psychodynamic loop, It's a continuous sequence where you feed something in that they are responding to, and then they feed something in that you are responding to. And this just keeps going back and forth as you create this loop together. One key thing to remember about this dynamic loop, though, is that what you are feeding in is so much more than just your words and the things that you consciously express or consciously perceive. There's a lot going on below the surface as well unconsciously, that we are each sensing and responding to whether we are consciously aware of it or not. So even if you're using your polite voice, the person that you're talking to will be aware at some level if you are feeling fearful, bitter, judgmental, or warm and loving and happy, etc. And they will be more likely to respond accordingly. Realizing this fact, especially for folks who already have some skill in emotional regulation, means that you actually have a lot more power than you may have realized to bring more positive or at least more neutral emotional tones into an interaction, into a relationship. Assuming, of course, that a positive interaction is what you're going for. Uh, With different people, you may have different goals. The point is that what you feed into the loop changes the loop. And the more consciously aware you are of your own thoughts and underlying emotions you have towards that person, the more skill you have in working with your thoughts and emotions, the more you are able to intentionally improve your interactions and thus your relationships with others. Now, this is one of those things that's pretty simple in principle. It's not necessarily easy to do having a session with someone like myself who can help you identify and neutralize the common triggers in a difficult relationship can certainly make this process quicker and easier to create these changes if you're someone who already has some degree of introspection maybe you meditate sometimes maybe you just have a sort of uh self-awareness where you reflect on what you're thinking and experiencing in that way, then you maybe have already noticed some of the thoughts and feelings that come up for you around this other person. And that gives you some great material to start working with. So you can actually start clearing up whatever past baggage has kept you from being really present, open, and capable of feeling connection during your interactions with this person If your internal world is anything like mine, you might even catch yourself having full-on dramatic conversations, this whole interaction inside your mind where the other person isn't even really there, but I'm just imagining like what they would say and what I would say back. And it really gives you a lot of great clues uh, about what your internal dynamics are, what you are bringing into that relationship that actually (laughs) isn't the other person at all. Because obviously, the real person isn't even there in your imagined scenario, obvious but not obvious of course because when we get really caught up in our own internal drama it is easy to to feel like it's real right we i think to some degree many of us do this so we're always bringing our own experiences our own memories emotional patterns expectations needs etc into every interaction even with strangers I mean, have you ever met somebody who you just liked right away or really disliked right away without knowing why? Maybe that... Guy at the grocery store looked a little bit like your old high school teacher who gave you an F in geometry, and you don't consciously make the connection. But the anger you felt at Mr. Fitzgerald, the math teacher, gets unconsciously mapped onto this guy who has nothing to do with that situation. And maybe you then interact with him in a polite tone with a slightly angry, unconscious undertone. And that tone of your voice then reminds him of this past experience with a me aunt who would be so polite in front of his parents and then criticize everything about him as soon as the two of them were alone. So then he's going to respond with this underlying tone of of mistrust, maybe, uh, and maybe even anger and rejection. So then the seemingly innocuous interaction between polite strangers leaves them both feeling bad without having any idea why And how much more can these subtle patterns grow into well-established grooves of triggering each other back and forth between people with closer relationships so that we are unconsciously tapping into each other's deepest wounds sometimes over and over? A simple conversation with your spouse about where you should go out to dinner tonight can suddenly feel like you're not being heard and respected in the same way that you were upset when your parents ignored you as a child or something like that. It's So it's not just about the real life choice of Italian food versus burger night anymore, right? So many of our fights with our loved ones have this flavor of being really illogical. When we're able to calm down and look at it with a more neutral perspective, we can see that the emotions that played into whatever it was we were arguing about really weren't warranted by the subject matter, Right. I mean I think most people don't passionately hate Italian food or burger night that much, right? So when you take into account that these same deeper dynamics are playing out for the other person as well, it really begins to make more sense why maybe your family member gets really upset at you when you do something that doesn't seem like a big deal at all. And if you're both playing out these these dynamics, you get these routines, right, where you're playing out the same sort of unconscious give and take with your spouse, your parents, or whoever it is, over and over, then anytime you make any change to that dynamic, it has the potential to change the entire thing, right? So maybe neither of you are consciously aware of what you're feeding into that loop, but the moment you decide to feed in something different, maybe you neutralize something that used to be sort of an irrational anger trigger for you. And now all of a sudden you're responding calmly and you're present. And then your partner who was sort of bracing and expecting something different is then thrown for a loop and has to sort of reevaluate the dynamic unconsciously and then is going to maybe come forward with an answer that's different than the way they used to answer, right? So that, that loop doesn't necessarily keep going anymore, it becomes something different. The bigger picture here, once you clear your own painful feelings that you've carried about that math test, right, then you no longer sound like the mean aunt. And then suddenly you're a much you and then suddenly you've had a much nicer interaction with the guy in the grocery store. And the more we all clear up our feelings of pain, of inadequacy, of insecurity, of needing to be defensive, of feeling like we're not heard or valued, the more we are able to be present in our interactions with other people, then the more we are able to just be open to see and feel the humanity of the other people around us, the more all of our relationships reflect This foundation of feeling secure and safe, they feed us back the same things that we are feeding into our dynamic loops, whether it's with our closest family members or other people in the world. And it all starts with just recognizing a thought or feeling that you're having and giving yourself the time and space to clear it. I mentioned a lot of different methods that work for this in my recent episode about anxiety. So that might be a place to start if you have no idea how to clear a feeling that you're having, that you're noticing about something that's not serving you. I do have an upcoming group session this week where I will be teaching acupressure tapping as part of the process, which is one of my favorite tools because it's so versatile, quick, effective, easy to teach people to use on their own. And... There are many ways to do this kind of work. Many of them are so simple. The hard part, which is not really hard, but seems to be a sticking point for many folks, is simply making the time and committing to actually working on your stuff. A little effort in this area goes a long way. Once you begin releasing that old stuff, the old thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that have kept your relationships from growing and improving, then the changes really start to snowball. Your brain starts generalizing the positive changes that you're making and expanding the positive change more and more into your experience of your life. Even if you're just spending 10 or 15 minutes a day tapping through the things that really bothered you that day, your entire experience of life is going to be different within a month. I know that probably sounds dramatic, but it's actually not an exaggeration. I've witnessed this over and over. I've experienced it in my own life. This tool is actually one of the first things that gave me an experience of how quickly and dramatically these kind of tools can change our lives. If you're doing this really consistently, it does actually happen that fast. I've seen changes happen even faster when you use hypnosis to get to the deeper roots of these conflicts. So, just throwing that out there, most people need to know the power we have to change, to change our experience. It can happen really quickly. I've had so many clients who experience the changes that they're looking for within just a few weeks, and then they will tell me they have spent years trying to find a solution to this problem, that they've spent years working on making this feel better. So, I guess that is my public service announcement for today. Find the tools that work for you. I don't care how well received a technique is, a person is, what your friends say, what the evidence supposedly tells you. If you've been doing the same thing for a year or more and you haven't noticed a significant difference, maybe it's time to try something new. There are a lot of great practitioners, a lot of effective tools. So there really is something that's going to work for everyone. Let go of what's not working and find something or someone that actually works to help you. That sounds simple. But in my experience with clients, sometimes people stick with a practice or a process that isn't working for a long time. So don't do that. Anyway, back to relationships. What happens once you get clear? You are present with that person. You're feeding your more congruent self into that dynamic loop right that self that is able to be aware of what's happening in this moment rather than responding through the lens of that baggage that happened in high school or when you were a kid and so what happens if you're if you're doing that and things still aren't working that will happen sometimes we don't have complete power over the whole loop as we Mentioned in the first part of this, remember? Sometimes people in our lives have such deep patterns that even when we change our part of the equation, they can't necessarily get to a place where they can treat us in a loving and respectful way. And so that point then is where setting good boundaries comes in. This is a huge topic. But my experience with clients is that having even just a little bit of a basic framework around this can be really helpful in getting started, in shifting the way we think about these difficult relationships and our role in establishing how we're going to be treated and how we're going to enforce that. So we're just going to dip our toes in a little bit for right now. Basically, the process of setting good boundaries also recognizes that there are some things that are within your power, and some things that are not. Remember, we're walking the middle road here. So you want to identify the actions and responses that are within your power, that align with your goals, your needs, and you want to communicate those clearly and stick to them. That's the basic formula here, right? So let's say you have a generally good relationship with your mother, but every once in a while, she says something that implies that you lack the skills to be the best parent to your two children. This is not a sensitive or thoughtfully initiated heart-to-heart conversation expressing a real area of concern. It's more like a running joke where she makes little digs here and there about things that are a normal part of life with young children. So when you ask her to stop, she promises she will, and maybe it gets better for a little while, and then it happens again. Obviously, we need to recognize here that you can't physically stop her from opening her mouth and using those words. But you can decide how you're going to respond if she does speak that way. So in the past, maybe you just quietly seethed and then blew up at her later, and you've decided that that's clearly not working because the pattern continues perhaps you decide that this bothers you enough that you are willing to leave the conversation entirely whenever she does this. So if she does it on the phone, you're just going to hang up the phone. If she does this, when you are in the room over family dinner, you will stand up and leave the room and eat out. I mean, you decide where you want to draw the line here with this because it's really up to you to, to know what it's worth to you to set this boundary. And you can communicate that with her, letting her know, I'm walking away right now because of the way that you just put me down, say something along those lines, and that let her know that you won't stick around for any conversation where she makes those kind of comments. And the next time she says something along those lines, you repeat your boundary, something like, I told you that I will not let you speak to me like that anymore. I'll be leaving now, right? Now, this particular boundary can be tricky because of group situations. So it's good to think through those implications. If she makes a comment over dinner while you're all out at a restaurant and leaving would mean taking your entire family away from their meal, maybe instead just calmly calling her out and then turning to another family member to have a different conversation, maybe that feels like enough of a response. Or maybe you do feel like you need to leave. Nobody can decide what your boundaries are for you. So you need to figure out what you're willing to do in response to the other person's behavior. And it's really helpful to think through these things when you're not in the heat and the emotion of that moment. So that when these things do happen, you have already thought through it clearly. You already have something to draw on where you know what you're going to do. Now, if this behavior keeps happening, let's say it keeps happening at family dinners, then maybe you start scheduling separate dinners with other members of the family and stop attending the ones that she's invited to. Maybe calling her out in front of the family a few times is actually enough to get through to her so that no further escalation is needed. Every situation is going to be different. Your strategy has to be one that you can maintain. So think through what you are willing and capable of doing in response to that other person's behavior. Now, obviously, situations of abuse, of substance abuse, these have additional levels of risk and complication. So in those kind of cases, definitely seek help to figure out the safest way to set boundaries, to remove yourself from those situations as needed. Basically, the key thing I'm trying to say here is just to approach boundary setting with a balanced, empowered strategy, right? So it, it's nice to think I'm going to tell this person to do XYZ and then that's what's going to happen. If you simply tell the other person don't do that and then they do that, then that boundary instead makes you feel powerless because it was actually based on that other person's behavior instead of something you have control over. So it's really helpful to stay focused on your own role in the interaction and what you can do. And then be consistent, because adults are often just like toddlers when encountering new boundaries. They will test them. They will see what they can get away with. If you're consistent, if you can stay calm, it will usually change that pattern pretty quickly as they have learned that they're not going to get away with what they used to get away with with you. And of course, remember the ultimate boundary. If people refuse to treat you with basic respect, you don't have to be around them ever, It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they gave birth to you. It doesn't entitle somebody to treat you badly your whole life while you just have to sit around and take it. Do your best to clear up your own stuff. Set healthy boundaries as needed. And then if you need to cut people out of your life, then do it. It's your life. You have choices. You're allowed. Many people will give you pushback about this. And again, that's a boundary where you can say, hey, I know this relationship. I know I did my best. I know this person is not capable at this point in time of showing up in this relationship in a respectful way. And so I have removed myself. Anyway, so hopefully this framework is helpful in navigating those difficult relationships in your lives, whether you're listening to this at the holidays or not. I mean, relationships are not something that really ever goes away. If you're listening to this in early December of 2023, I do have this group session coming up online on Zoom on December 7th. It's sliding scale to be affordable to most folks. Uh, We're going to learn the tapping technique I use with clients. We're going to do some hypnosis work on clearing up the baggage, the unreasonable expectations, the stress, the expectations for ourselves that we set that make this time of year rough for so many people. I'll put a link to this in the show notes. I'd love to actually see your faces and work with you in a little more personal way than I am able to in a podcast episode. And of course, we're going to continue working on this kind of thing in the next episode here on the podcast. So join me for another guided hypnosis journey then. And I am a little late for Thanksgiving as this comes out, but I just want to add here at the end of this episode that I am grateful for all of you, especially those of you who have reached out to me, who have made comments, who have asked questions. It's so nice to know that all the work that I put into making these episodes actually means something to you. Podcasting is a little lonely. I don't necessarily get to see or hear many responses from what I'm putting out there. And I love to hear what you like about it, what you don't like about it, what you'd like more of. I love having some feedback. So this becomes a little bit more of a conversation. And so speaking of being in touch, please rate and subscribe to this podcast share this with your friends you can find me on facebook.com slash good enough and getting better or on instagram at lenore hypnosis you can also find my website lenorehypnosis.com which is where you can book a free phone consultation if you think i may be able to help you with your difficult relationship dynamics with anxiety and stress or something else using hypnosis our unconscious thought patterns and emotions play a huge role in our lives. And there's so much that we can do with this kind of process to make things work better for you. So notice the thoughts, notice the feelings that you're having, do something with them, and then just pay attention to how the dynamics of your relationships begin to shift when you're clearing up the stuff inside you, right? One last point on this, it doesn't mean that you're saying the other person is blameless or perfect or whatever. You're just acknowledging that the power you have in that dynamic is what you are feeding into the loop. So pay attention, feed something healthier into that loop, and just notice what happens. Appreciate those changes that come when you're putting in just a little bit of time and effort into releasing, into clearing up your own stuff. It's enormously empowering to realize how much we actually have the capacity to do this. So I hope that's helpful. Let me know. Get in touch. Until next time. Bye for now.